so I think she just wanted kind of to see I don't know if she thinks we hook up with like people we see when we're out clubbing or like, like that that's why we don't come home after um or what kind of state we come in because we came back and her ass was awake I don't know if we woke her up or she's a faint sleep her ass was awake and she wasn't even you know on some hey this is the time you come she didn't say anything wide awake. she was just awake we could hear she was um she called so Katsu's brother was sleeping in one room with his wife and then Katsu's mom was sleeping in another room and we could hear she called so I just like <laughs> but like we never got into trouble so I just don't get it mm. so I don't know but yeah so oh yeah so I slept on the floor that night and you it clotted my back like my back has just been oh, so so since literally I did a yoga pose earlier because I'm like ah uh-uh, this can't be my life forever <laughs> like there's some yoga pose I saw and like so you thing you basically sit on your haunches is that what it's called I do not like, know put your you put your you these, imagine these are my knees mm-hmm. like knees knees and then you lie on top of it and then you stretch across oh I know what you're talking about I was doing that to like loosen like my lower back nothing oh my gosh it's so bad and even the weekend and I went to the engagement party I slept on the floor so guys if you're gonna invite me anyway please make sure I'm sleeping in your bed because I'm not going I'm I'm officially done I'm not even being rude I'm no longer sleeping on floors we too grown we all pay rent let's make a plan I get you how was your weekend my love (laughs) mine was fine um it was really a little bit chaotic on the Saturday because it's trying to do many different things at the same time and like was this um the the party you went to yeah so everything leading up to the, hmm? sorry sorry I was almost, I almost cancelled this I was trying to close you continue um yes everything leading up to that night was just a bit chaotic I think it's only it's usually on weekends when I really did that you know, living far is an inconvenience when it surrounds like these plans. Cause child, you know, I live far. Kind of that's the thing. Cause I'm also like I told you, I'm looking into places like like barking, yeah. and like I'm getting the sense that honestly, just if you don't live in, but barking like on the district line, and I'm not sure the other. Barking is fine to be fair. It, it, it's still further out, but it's still you, you won't be in the trenches like I am. Wait, wait. So you guys, how would so after night, how would you get home? <laughs> You have to be driven home. I either have to be driven home or Uber home. Or and, I how, much, and how much is the Uber? It depends on where I'm coming from. But if I was coming from like... Let's say Covent Garden. Just like <laughs> normal central London. If I'm coming from central, I'm not looking at anything less than 70 pounds. That's for sure. That's for sure. Is this? Are you saying surge prices or normally? Yeah, because usually when it's nighttime, obviously the surge price is kicking anyway. So... I've never tried it at a normal time because it's at a normal time you just take the train like yeah. anybody else. Um, yeah. Time-wise, it's not that bad because um, if I leave from, say I take an Uber from here to Watford Junction and then Watford Junction going into London, that's literally only about 20 minutes and it gets me to London Bridge. So that's honestly not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but late at night, when it's now coming back, going into London usually isn't the issue. It's coming back out where I have to make sure that the train from, pardon me, um, London Bridge to Watford Junction, what time is the last one? What so time you around like five-ish. So it's not bad, around five-ish. 
like five. Seven, one, two, three, four, five. The trains. Huh? What time is the last train the, from London to Watford? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's usually around five. Last train. Last, yes. Actually, I'm lying. Last should be at two a.m. Can I that's what I'm saying. You're saying first, and I'm like, no. <laughs> that's the first. Last. One. The last one is around two. Because remember that time um you guys were coming, I remember specifically highlighting that the last one that specific day was like at 2.45. Oh, wasn't that from Watford Junction into London? Yeah, and the last one going back into Are they all the same way, same same line. So the one that the last one here will be the one just before that one. Then it'll go back in that direction. Then that's it. Then the first one that, is the that, one that's at five. That's not bad. But Dude. it depends because if from you kind of have a night where let's say for me, anyway, I've noticed that for the most part, yeah. the night will end at a certain time. So you either have that buffer period where I either have to now keep going until it's five or I need to leave earlier or else now you're being dri- driven or looking for an Uber, this, this, that, and the third. So, so with, you, with you, it's probably the night ends after two. Like, yeah, that's it. Or if it's going to now end later, I know that I'm, I'm being driven or I'm getting an Uber. Oh, I'm gonna honest. stay at someone, someone's house day. The night ends at three. Let's be honest. Really? It starts to. Yeah, it starts to plummet around that time anyway. But even then, I think I'll be honest. At that time, even if there are trains running, who wants to trek all the way here for that long and know that I'm only getting home in an hour and some change? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, but ma'am, it's your home, your bed. Oh, That's why sometimes somewhere it's like, let me just stay home, or I'm definitely gonna end up spending the night in London because. Mm-mm. No, but like, think about it. Like, mm, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my weekend was fine. I just started to. That's that was when I was starting to not feel ill. I think it was Sunday that it was really starting to hit me. That what? That God, that I'm sick. As everyone can hear my voice now, it sounds really gross, but... I'm still a bit sick, but, you know... Actually, hold on. Do I sound far? No, you don't. I feel like I sound far. I am, I feel physically far. Sometimes. Oh, you feel far. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was really sad I couldn't be. I got just the pictures and the snaps and everything and everyone. It was, it was so cute. Let me show such you. such a good time. I don't know what these are called. What are these called? Um, I don't know either. But we got this was the thing. That's cute. Um, as you know, princess. <laughs> it was really oh, cute. Um, I had fun aside from sleeping on my back, but you know, <laughs> um, I had fun. Yeah, it was just celebrating my friend's birthday, and you know, honestly, it's so much easier celebrating someone else's birthday than your own. It's just like yeah. it's just like you pour the person shots, you like bitch, you know, and you don't feel most of the stress. You're more worried about them having a good time and you having a good time, but you don't have to worry about the little nitty gritty things. Like, is there food? Is everybody having fun? Uh, is everybody who's there jelly? But I think what I've noticed with my friends, and I'll give them that they're pre- I won't say they're good at picking friends. They are, <laughs> but also. <laughs> It's never really too hard 
trying to like get along with my friends friends like so i'll find a rapport or something that we can talk about or giggle about maybe that's just me maybe other people feel differently but um i, I, I have found that with a lot of my friends i've never really had a friend who just their friends i was like mm -mm. oh no there's one but i'm not going to get into who that person is and why i feel that way but um yeah there are a few friends where i'm like uh, okay <laughs> like i don't know where you picked this one up but this is your usual standard boo boo but um i think honestly it's fun like i i worry about my friends mixing but like when they meet i think they just at least if they just get on for me that's fine I get you. Well, at least you had a fantastic time. We both seem to have had a great weekend. Um, hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Reality Check Podcast. With me, Leo. And me, Nessu. Um, as you guys can hear from my voice, I am in the trenches. Like, if I thought last week was bad. Hmm. Is this part two of last week's episode? As in, as in the a continuation of the sick edition. And this one came full force. Like I ah, uh, even those that have been sick before. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> You've never been sick like this. Yo, like even yesterday for me to watch my shows, I was just like, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I need to watch that. You didn't watch them with like you didn't watch them with the yearning you are thinking, I'm seeing tweets, I'm seeing spoilers. I really think I can't lie this week. I don't care, damn. I went on to Twitter. I said, "Oh, okay." Cool. Oh, really? Okay. I guess I'll see when I watch. Whereas before, I'm like, "Oh," and I'm already someone who doesn't really care that much for spoilers. I try my best to avoid them, yeah. so that my view is my view and mine alone. Yeah. Not so much like, "Damn, you ruined what was gonna happen," and now I'm not surprised. No, but um, yesterday mm -mm, I was just like, "Whatever, man." That's why um, even when I was messaging you, I was like, okay, how many, how how many episodes of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip will I have to catch up to? Because I was not in the mood. I wasn't in the mood, Shem. We're not in its mood. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, what can I do? What can I say? Um, finally got around to watching it. Are we gonna go straight into Insecure? As always. Um yeah so What's insecure cool? this week actually just i want us to start you tweeted that um you tweeted something like you see there's a direction the series is going something like that but you wouldn't yeah. see what it was until we recorded and honestly honestly it's been itching me it's probably been like 24 hours but still it's been itching me to know <laughs> what was this thing you see happening um yesterday i tweeted that i feel like there's a reason why Insecure is going the way it's going. Um, and for me, I think you probably have seen it as well throughout the season. I mean, you and I have talked about it. You said how this season is not giving um, half of what we expected it to give. Um, and so that theme honestly hasn't run out as much as some of the episodes have picked up and different episodes have given us different things and more in certain parts. I do feel like one thing I, I feel like people are not really taking into consideration, and I think we spoke about this in maybe like one of our first two episodes or something. The show is based on Issa, an awkward black girl. 
So I think I'm trying to find a way to give an analogy that makes sense. When we initially started Insecure, right, there was all these things happening and, and, and it was exciting, it was funny. And as the seasons went on, we always looked forward to all the drama, the relatability, the this, that, and the third. And now we're getting to the final season and we're a little bit disappointed because then it's not giving as much drama as it normally gives but I think what people are forgetting is that this is the final season of the show so you can't compare it to a previous season that would have felt like oh this is happening this is happening and it's jam-packed because when those seasons were happening it was written with the mindset that another season is coming so it's not going to be the same in this case where they know that another season is not coming. Granted, I can admit that you maybe haven't been as entertained, but I do think sometimes when you focus a lot on what it's not giving, everyone is actually forgetting the intention, like the intentional things that they still continue to give us throughout the show. And I think those little intentional things for me personally have only gotten better and better. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, it also depends. I think also sometimes this will obviously link to what we're saying. How it is obviously not in their and not in their advantage that if you don't watch a wind down, you don't get everything. But I think if you follow Issa Prentice and even last night's um, director of that episode, um, Amy and Yobi, you will see the little things that they were saying. Like for example, the different scenes within last week's episode, like it being an O2 waiting to exhale, it being an O2, that there was that one scene where the girls are getting ready and the camera moves like this throughout the throughout Issa's apartment. And you see the scene where this person's walking around getting ready, doing this thing. You see Molly in the background doing this. You see Tiffany. And that looks like um, someone pointed out a different world in like one of the, title sequences and stuff and I'm like these are the little things that I suppose when you when you care about for example tv shows and tv like the little things that will tickle you like oh there was there was a lot of thought put into it if that makes sense um the little things like for example Tiffany is now really back back and even in her being back throughout the episode she keeps trying to find a way to hint um or to mention or to make um reference to this decision being made and the decision in question is obviously her and Derek um they're about to move to Denver and she's struggling to tell these girls and even when she gave us which was a serious I guess an iconic line in the show which is about not every choice that you make that's the um that's a smart choice is the right choice but just because it's a smart choice doesn't mean it has to be the right choice so whether it was the right choice smart choice whatever she said um in fact let me not paraphrase <laughs> Because I think I wrote it down. Oh, she said it doesn't have to be the smart choice to be the right choice. Um, and obviously throughout the whole episode, there was a lot of link and a lot of focus on choices as well. So for me, I feel like the little things that they put a lot of effort into, I just do feel like we tend to forget that. Because I saw, I felt like this before that we don't know enough about Kelly and I still agree. But I don't think there's a point in focusing on it because if you watch the web series awkward black girl and stuff the intention of it is never really made to be about focusing so much on these other characters and they did spoil us in some regard in giving us as much as they did about molly and about i get what's this girl's name tiffany and about lawrence and about and i've even said in times they're giving us information about lawrence and Cadula that don't nobody care about but i think remember when we spoke about the whiskey thing when we're like when you actually bought that ticket your intention should have been to want to go and see this kid you getting there and you get a this person and a that person or maybe let me just say by some chance the features are made in lagos 
by you getting a burner boy at this person at that person you're being spoiled above and beyond and so when you don't get those extra features it shouldn't be a ah i didn't get my money's worth because when you buy a ticket to see a show this is really what you're mainly supposed to be focusing on and i think for me when i thought about it yesterday it just wouldn't make sense for it to be the final season of insecure and only now we're now unpacking really deeply into kelly's character and everything we've missed out on four seasons now in the smith season or for it to dig as deep as it is and i think one thing we forget and that they said at the very beginning of the season this is supposed to be the last story of isa and money so if anything, those are the two characters we should really be getting head to toe, top to bottom. And they've done that. There's nothing that we don't see or that we're missing to that extent. Could they maybe have tried to make it more entertaining? Maybe just a smidge. But when I look at the fact that it's a final season, I just don't think we're doing it any justice by continuing to compare it to last seasons, where in those seasons, we knew or the expectation was another season is coming. If something, if they start digging into certain things now, like I said with Nathan, that episode, where for me, I have no interest in digging into this is what happened when Nathan came and then this cousin is because these are people that realistically we're never going to see again. Give that 25 to 30 minutes and focus it on something else that actually has a lot more relevance that links to the previous seasons that we did have an introduction to in another season. Don't sit here and, and tell me about Nathan and his cousin and his wife and the weird dynamics. It's a waste. <laughs> is your end over? Okay. <laughs> hey, it really is the sick edition episode too. I'm so sorry, guys. Babes. But um, what I will say regarding um the trajectory of the season, it still feels slow. And I think today when I watched um Insecure, I think I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I'm mad that this is the last season and. Part, that's part of why I'm reacting this way and I'm saying this sucks. And I know I can be objective, don't get me wrong. I think you can genuinely watch a show and think this sucks. Like compared to what I'm used to, this sucks. Like Pose, Pose season one and two versus three are, th are three different shows. Honestly, I'm not going to say two, three different shows each season because season one, you could see they sat and said starting point, end point and how we're going to get each character there. Season three, it's just kind of, by the end of this show, I want Electra to have done this, Blanca to have done this and not do this. And they just made it happen without maybe really investing us in this actually happening to, happening to these characters. Um, and with Insecure, I don't know, it feels a lot like they're just moving chess pieces and ensuring that chess pieces are in the right place for certain things to happen. And as a Game of Thrones fan, it gives me PTSD. Like. I don't want a show that feels like you're just moving chess pieces to make sure that by episode seven, this person is here, episode eight, they're there. And I, I hate that personally. I want these things to feel like they make sense for the character and that this is a journey that the character is taking. It kind of feels like the, the journey that Issa is taking, it's not fully fleshed out. I've always said that the storyline of Issa's career is one of the downfalls of this show. And it shows season one, two, and I think even Stephen three, Issa's career was a joke. And then it's only when she started thinking about like the block party and doing more for the black community in her, in her ends, that it kind of was like, oh, wow, Issa's good at this and this makes sense. And yes, I get not everybody's story makes sense, but in the grand scheme of things, what was the reason why we knew so much about Frida, why we knew so much about Suzanne, all those people that Issa worked about, if they weren't going to be 
important at some point. I mean, I guess Daniel was important at some point. Now he's not, but that's a different context. I feel that's a different context. Um, we didn't know nothing. We didn't know anything about Molly's co. Well, we didn't know that much about Molly's first co-workers to the point where I feel like, oh damn, they really just let us go and never let us see or hear from these people again. I didn't didn't really care. You could see they didn't want you to really care about um, Molly's. Um, I think it was her assistant who got engaged to the black guy. You you just wanted you just wanted they just wanted Molly to react to that and not really care that who that person is, but just that the person got engaged and Molly's worrying about her whatever. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a good episode. Don't get me wrong; it just kind of feels what like we're jerked about a bit. Um, and the revelations that were revealed, quote unquote, revelations that were revealed in this episode, they were they were they were interesting to see that five seasons in Issa's friends are only telling her now that her ass is um sometimes basically, and it's like. Uh, how long could I told you this episode one? People ask, people ask why I don't like Issa. It's stuff like that. Like I cannot stand someone who just doesn't stand in who they are, doesn't stand in what they believe in. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. People can change their opinions 100%, but Issa, yeah. Um, and that's why I'm team Molly to anyone who's, who wonders what kind of bad vibes I'm on that I'm on team Molly. Um, the seeds for Molly and Torian are still kind of being sown. And I don't like that. I mean, I don't want them to be hooking up already, but maybe they could have shifted this further down the season and then drew it out like, you know, that episode six is where, like episode four maybe is where she's thinking, should I text them? Then episode six, you know, I feel like they should be further along for what they're doing now. They should be further along. But you know what? I don't know what the end game there is. And I'm, ex- but I'm excited to see how it ends um the tiffany revelation wasn't very surprising considering the reduced capacity that um amanda seals has taken this season Mm. what i will say the funniest revelation before i get to kelly's did kelly really have a renovation the word whatever the word is did she have one um i think she was just saying after the whole killing thing where they tried to kill her off she kind of felt like she had a new outlook to life. That's when she gave up the drinking. This is that and the third. And her whole outlook on life has changed. I think that was it for Kelly's revelation. In my head, her revelation was when she fabs, she thinks about Derek. <laughs> that stayed with me. It's really stayed with me. But and I, I, well, those things have been hinted throughout the whole show where she's like, should I make out with Derek? <laughs> like throughout the seasons. And I don't know why no one's ever flinched. Don't you remember after she had Simone, I think she said to Derek that if Derek... Like if they like Derek and Tiffany get too tired to have sex with each other, or Tiffany gets tired to give sex to Derek, and then she's like, "Yeah, I can, I, I can do it." Like, like she offered herself to have sex with Derek, <laughs> and I, when I just think of the logistics of your friend, your best friend, your best, your best friend in in the whole world, I, 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 I get a headache. My head starts headaching me because it's it's such a funny thing that's gone under the covers for so long. That now that it's now that it's like I'm hearing, I'm like, wait, but this isn't the first I've heard of this being a thing. That Derek and Tim, Derek, that Derek and um Kelly, there's some sort of sexual tension. I don't know, it's giving that it's Kelly mostly, but mm. that's just my opinion. Um, did you have any high points in this episode? Um I do really think Issa and I 
I'm I'm not a Mali stan. Sorry, I I think I have PTSD from season one. We know, two. we know. No, and I'll continue to remind you. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I do like season five Mali. It gives me the same vibe as season three Electra. You know my mushy self. I was here for a kinder Electra. And so I really like seeing a grown Molly. Um, I think for me, the moment that specifically stood out, which all of us saw, was her saying to Issa, okay, you know, and you know I love you. If Sobey still wants to text Daniel, I mean Lawrence, go ahead. Then do it then. I like the fact that her delivery wasn't harsh. She still got her message across. She still reminded her that Miss Mamas, are you sure? Um Y'all just hate Molly at this point. No, we don't. I mean, we did. But now, mm-mm. and I just like the fact that she's, she's able to do that because if we rewind to season four episode, what was it, one or two? Two, I think, when Issa now has her little, um, what was it, like a cocktail party thing where she was still trying to get the neighborhood to know about um, the blog party. And that's the, 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 the day Molly and Issa's tension really escalated to new heights when <laughs> Molly told her she loves being messy. And I think we even spoke about how it's, with certain things, it's usually just the delivery of things and not so much what's being said. I mean, you could be saying the most accurate, the most correct information, but if you're harsh in saying it, it's just not going to um, be received well. So I really like seeing that. I think for me, that was a high point. I agree that I don't like the fact that Molly and Torian are being dragged out so much. It's almost as though, they've gone a little backwards. Like if this specific moment happened before the retreat, before the room or the moment in front of her hotel room where she hugged him, it would probably have made a little bit more sense um, because what was it? Wasn't this episode seven? Yeah, and then now there's three episodes to go. So how are you gonna now in three episodes? Like we said last week, it's not like we wanna see them married or like it's been three years. We don't want any of those jumps. But it's also like moving at the the pace of snails, which is a little unnecessary, in my opinion. Um, there was a second I thought Lawrence and Condola were about to. I was like, wait, are you guys caught up in the nostalgia and the, what, what, what? You think about that single mother Punani now? I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> I said, wait. Um, so I was happy though that it wasn't as cliche and then it was just like, anyway, I'm going to go type thing, but it was nice to see them in a much better space. Um, he's not a Debbie no more. Great. Um, they had a healthy conversation. They had apologies. He apologized for the horrible things he had said to her, which I don't even think it just takes an apology for someone to forget that because you could see she was really trying to express that. No, I really don't want you to be miserable because that time he was really horrible and said, you know, you were in my life type thing. So that was a nice, it, it was it was nice to see that at the end of the day, we're not gonna walk away with this toxic co-parenting um, situation and what have you. I really just wish, and I guess that's the whole, like I said, the show is about awkward black and about Issa's character back in the day. So I don't know if we'll ever see a, a, a grown up Issa um, I hated the fact that she immediately started assuming that they're back together because she saw them in the hospital together. Like, what in the trauma response, girl? This is <laughs> these people's child. They're going to go to the doctor together. It's in their child's best interest and their best interest because they want to know that their child's fine. So how can you just assume um, that that's the case? Um, also, that that the closing scene where she still proceeded to call 
Lawrence, and I just don't, I just want Issa to get a grip. Like, mm-mm. when I call her Missy, you people call me crazy. <laughs> you guys call me crazy. Why does Issa with a man? I don't know if he's her boyfriend or what. You have a man. Why is he trying to contact Lawrence? I man, this girl, man. She can be so annoying. Like, I can't believe you guys look at that and you guys think that's normal behavior. But like, we don't. We don't think that. We really don't think that. I can't with y'all. I can't. I, I, we don't think that. Trust me, all of us watched it and we're like, is this girl insane or is she insane? Which of the two? Um, and at the end of the day, she got her I love you. But it's clear to see that I love you or not. She, even when he said it, she was like, oh. And then she kind of made herself feel like, okay, it's been said. But you can see it didn't give her the feeling she thought she was going to have. She still felt like she wants to see Lawrence. We'll hear from Lawrence. Yes, she may not have picked up. But I think Issa's going to pick up. Is going to pick up, sorry. In episode eight, she's going to pick up or she's going to run into him and she's going to have a conversation. Um, it was clear by her answers from the head game, she's still there emotionally anyway. And I think it's quite sad because now that Nathan has broken down this wall and finally told her and he keeps saying it and he wants to be reassuring, she's about to break that man's heart right before our eyes. <laughs> Which is sad considering how he seems Though it took him a bit of time to find him find his steps, he seems like he's a mature partner in the sense that he literally said to her, um, I was being avoidant. He was able to clock himself and note, note he was falling into old patterns and pattern it and say, you know what? I'm an adult. I'm not going to fall into that. And I'm going to say, I'm going to do the right thing. And I think that's something Lawrence sometimes misses. He He can be angry. He can be whatever, but he really falls into those holes, those traps really well. And he's not able to get himself out. And Nathan, although it's just one thing, Nathan was able to pick himself up and say, you know what, let me be, let me be rational. And I like that about Nathan, but it's still not working. And Issa's ass is going to dump him and there's going to be more mess. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I really hate that. Um, like you said, I hate that for Nathan because um, it's no secret, obviously, the things that Nathan has to unfortunately deal with. And I just don't think that this is going to be any fair, especially because at so many different points, Nathan literally tried to say, you, you are inconsistent, you're this, you're that. And that would have been the point that, if anything, I thought that the moment he said it back, she would have still been like, you know what, thank you for saying it back, but I think you're right. I am inconsistent. Or I need to work on myself with this, this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? Something like, I don't think I actually want to do this anymore because that's honestly how she feels, but her washy ass ain't say that. So <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I do just wish, I think ultimately my last remarks on Insecure is that I just wish, not my last remarks, for me, the last thing I have to say is that I hope people don't um, continue to just kind of focus on the fact that it's not giving what it's supposed to to give is a valid thought i think we can all see it but i also don't think people are fully focusing on what the purpose of the show is if that makes sense um wanting to see more about kelly and wanting to understand this and wanting to understand that unfortunately they've said over and over again this is just the and i think sometimes we well not we as in you and i but like the viewers of insecure in general got caught up in the juicy moments and the drama that would get all the time it's the same as how so many people week after week like even yesterday, there were people tweeting that, oh, I thought that Condola was finally going to say 
that the baby is in Lawrence's. And even Prentice and Issa were like, what in the fucking trauma? Like, can everybody get over it? That child is Lawrence's child. Let's get up and move on. Like, I don't know why you guys want this to be such a tragic ending for Condola and it'd be just the thing of aha she trapped that man just so we can suit your like Lisa and Lawrence fantasy no babes <laughs> no it's just not gonna happen it's not gonna happen um and I think when it gets I, I, we do live in an age of so people live tweet and that's what we like to do and that's what the producers and the writers and directors want us to do but I think when it gets to the point where these people are literally tweeting you guys guys get over it <laughs> it's not changing we've come a little bit too focused on it being juicy and drama. And I think people forget that this is supposed to mirror real life. At the end of the day, there's no life that's exciting beginning to end. If it is, I feel like we have a problem because all of us in life's trajectory, life is not exciting all the flipping time. And you and I once had this conversation. I think it was when we're talking about, um, yes, we're talking about Portia's journey through Real Housewives and her growth and how from the beginning to Portia now, We've seen her grow navigating through like her late 20s or early 30s and now she's 40. And we can see the different stages and, and all that she went through. Because at the end of the day, these women are in their early 30s entering the stage of their mid 30s now. So Tiffany is worried about, oh my gosh, if I move with Derek, what if he's gonna want more kids? What if I end up being depressed again? You know, like she kept saying, something doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be a smart choice it's about it being the right choice for you. Like, and Prentice tweeted this, how they were trying to kind of um, pit this against each other. Like, okay, what the right choice versus the smart choice. You see Molly saying, that's not the smart thing to do. Da, 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 da. Okay, but as an individual, is this the right choice? We can sit here and say, Issa needs to get a group. She needs to grow up. She does. But even after she explores these things within herself and grows and seeks, let's say, therapy, you also don't want it to be a thing of 10 years down the line. She's always thinking, what if I maybe never should have done ABCD? Maybe I should have seen if I could explore it a different way and seen or followed what I wanted or what my what I felt like was the best thing for me. So that being said, I just think as viewers, somewhere along the line, because I'm not trying to, I'm definitely not being a gatekeeper, but I think you have, okay, no, I remember you saying you hopped onto Instagram a little bit later on, but there are certain people who would have maybe not watched it from the beginning and they were hooked in by the tweets about the drama, about the Issa doing this and this person did that. And as juicy and as entertaining as those things were, at the end of the day, the purpose of the show wasn't supposed to be this super juicy filled entertaining show. It's about real life, essentially. I mean, it's not a documentary, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's supposed to mirror real life and some, be something that we're all, we can all relate to. Realistically, not a single one of us, if in my opinion, if you're normal, we don't have a life that's exciting throughout every single phase and season in your life. It's just not possible. And so that's why after yesterday, I was like, wait, I don't know why we're so wrapped up in entertainment value and we're not even appreciating for example maybe the growth in cinematography the growth in direction how this season has been written and this time the third we're focused on ah we're not entertaining we're not laughing all the time and i do think that ends up doing the show a little bit of a disservice in my opinion i kind of see how people could have fallen into the drama of it all what with isa and lawrence's breakup because i remember watching that i didn't know what kind of show insecure was um, it wasn't clear, but I think I have to disagree with you on the points about Awkward Black Girl. Yes, Awkward Black Girl was the 
basis on which insecure was made but awkward black girl is not insecure and insecure is not awkward black girl it's a these are two different shows like yes there are things that are similar but it's not the same show and i believe we're not crazy in expecting you know certain things or thinking "Mm, i don't think that's the right fit here i mean maybe understanding awkward black girl gives you greater context into how insecure is made and what who who Issa is or whoever anybody's meant to be. But I think, no, I don't agree. No. Um, I don't know what Awkward Black Girl is about, but I think Insecure, they've always said it's the love story of Issa and Molly. And while there have been peripheral characters and people coming in and out of their lives, I'm not expecting um, to know very much about them. Um, I don't really care for them. I mean, I love Kelly, and but I like... I think we have to be honest with ourselves that if you aren't a main, your your story isn't gonna be developed very much. And I get obviously with Kelly, the the what we're not happy about with Kelly is that other characters have been built up, and Kelly's hasn't. She's just the funny fat friend, and that is hundred percent fair. That she's not been given what everybody else has gotten. That is fair. But I don't think I expect them to be fully fledged characters with family members I know about and stuff like that um yeah I will say um the thing about the right decision yes <laughs> seeing Joe's call come through I was my jaw oh I had to I almost said mop I had to unscrew my jaw from the bottom of the floor because I was shook face. But you know what? When I saw him at the in the pictures for the um launch party, I, I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no fucking way. This man is just popping up randomly. If so, why isn't Asian Bay there? Like, if it's everybody who's been on the show, why isn't Asian Bay there? Why isn't so many people who are not there? But he was there. His, his ass is coming with a vengeance. I don't know what happened with him and Candace. I almost said Candace, but I think I went into Real Housewives. Yeah, I'm like, is it the Real Housewives of Potomac in me that's saying that? Yeah, um, Candace, I don't know what's going on. Because remember, they were supposed to have a baby. So hmm. she was pregnant, wasn't she? Yeah, at the end of season three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think um, there was other trauma responses there when people, including me, I will accept it. I thought Dro was lying about his marriage being open because. Candace never also acknowledged, like Candace never seemed to acknowledge that they were that they were sleeping with the same man. It was just always, oh, I'm with Molly. It's not like he said she like I think she called once and he's like, oh yeah, I'm with Molly. And I don't know, it just didn't nothing about how everyone reacted, drove in front of Candace, Candace when she'd see Molly. Nothing ever gave me that she knew it was more like uh, it was gave me more of an affair but you know what I think Prentice and um, Issa have been clear to see it wasn't an affair like but I don't think you're wrong in saying that that was the energy I think as much as it wasn't an affair I don't think they always shared who because in my head I do think that would be a bit touchy like open marriage or not if it's someone that's always within the space, I feel like it can get techy. So I think that's probably why Joe, there was a bit, there was an element in my opinion, like I'm not a writer, but I do think there was an element of secrecy because I don't, I don't think Candace knew that it would be Molly or Molly would be one of the people. And I think that, and that even being said, Candace and Molly and everyone may have gone to college together, but I think for her, 
she knows Molly, she knows Issa, she knows Tiffany, um, Molly and Joe are the ones who grew up together, but they're also not her friends. So the conversation about the openness of her marriage isn't going to really come up because you guys aren't my mates. But I don't think Joe was being 100% obviously open about the fact that it's with Molly. I'm sexing your man and we're never ever going to say, oh, um, are you guys doing, like, not even a little, oh, are you guys doing something after this? There was never anything that showed me that Candace knows what's going on and Candace is okay with it. I thought it was my, tra- like, I thought it was my trauma response. I'm like, why am I digging so deep into this? And I'm like, let me let it go. It's none of my business. But just, I felt like the writers missed the mark where they could have really landed it. That I don't even want her to beef. I didn't even want her to beef Molly or anything, but just some acknowledgement on her end that I know you're sleeping with my man and it's okay. It's fine. Like, I'm not mad at you, but maybe let's not hang out around each other so much. Something let's establish if you go to this event, I'm not coming. If I go to this event, you don't come. Something. And it just wasn't there. And I thought, mm, I mean, I know Molly's not supposed to catch feelings for Drew. She did. But <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like the boundaries weren't very, the lack of boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. was what, to me, set red flags off in my thing. But I don't know what he tried. <laughs> I don't know what is on that man's mind. And for the next at least week, and I think it's interesting how she she didn't they didn't it was there and then it wasn't spoken about again before we knew it the girls were leaving it was now morning everyone else was going back Issa was now about to call Lawrence and Molly stepped in I even forgot so that kind of drove cold and everyone was like hmm? <laughs> um but I agree when I saw him in the promo shots as well I was like he's coming back even in terms of live tweeting he's been one of the most active from the cast him and Lawrence with his shady ass he's literally CEO of Lawrence Hive like he makes me sick <laughs> but um I also had a feeling that he would come I think we even spoke about it I was like hmm I wonder if Joe's gonna make a return because he's in all these promo shots but yeah I guess though they will they will probably explore it and maybe this will then end up being the test that has Molly grown as much as we all hope she has you know I really hope she doesn't fall into bad habits I hope she hasn't them hoes them hoes never learn <laughs> ha, you're not even supporting your faith <laughs> I know her I know her I know her she's <laughs> gonna think about that six foot nine pillar of strength and she's just gonna lose it she's just gonna lose it but yeah that was super insecure I found it so interesting that like and this is another thing about you know live tweeting culture or watching a show. Sometimes I do think that the the aim is to ha- to be patient and let things play out. Obviously, in some cases, we spoke about how Pose obviously would have missed the mark. But like in this case, think of the very beginning when we saw the dynamics between Condola and Lawrence, and there were lo- loads of like questions and things about how um how come she kept it, da 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 da, and then it was now explored that you know you know trigger warning to child loss and stuff that she contemplated getting rid of the baby um and I found that really interesting because the the girlies were outraged (laughs) at the beginning um of the season when we were watching um Condola and Lauren struggle with their dynamic there were so many tweets about why did Condola go ahead and have this baby and now for that to have been explored I found that quite interesting and quite a lesson on well, take time, take time, like let the story play out. And I think like you've pointed out, we pointed out, I think two weeks ago that with the show foreshadowing is real, there's always a reason and things will almost always be explained in one way or another. 
So it's very rare that with this show, as jumpy as it has been this season, I don't think we will have any maybe missing links. Like everything will always link to something and there will always be a reason for something. It's not just going to be there. The task that I think they obviously do struggle with is whether we need the wind down to connect all the dots. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I do think everything will be explained. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's it for me on Insecure. It was a good episode overall. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bit late. I mean, we can't be... It feels more like an episode three and episode four than an episode seven, but that's just me. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but I'm on to um, Portia's Family Matters. P. Willie? P. Willie, baby. What did you think about this week's episode? <laughs> Y'all gonna call me toxic, but looking at them, both men, I think there's still more to be explored with Dennis. I do, maybe it's a trauma response, but I don't think the Dennis story is a hundred percent over. Like the way in which he elicits reactions from her, how she was staring at his phone. Oh, now you got open nudes in front of me, and guys, the, my heart, my heart had a boner for that scene. I said, hey, come and see love. If she was, if it was just any, I mean, yeah, she was calling him lame for it, but if she was totally unbothered, she would just say, wow, you have no news on, like, I feel like she would have said it a different way and she didn't, which makes me go, hmm. But also what I realized also at the end of the episode is, is it could just be messy Bravo editing, trying to get me as well to think that Dennis and Portia are not over, as opposed to Simon and Portia who are currently on. But um, yeah, I really, I don't know. Dennis is just coming off really well in this for whatever reason. I don't know. It doesn't make sense because, so I don't even think he's an EP on this show. I think it's just Porsche is an EP. So for Dennis to come off really well, it's it's saying something about the situation that Porsche currently is in. Um, as I mean, he is the father of her child and, you know, it's never really over with late mom um but I think those are my opening my biggest my headline thoughts are that I really like Dennis and he's coming off really well he's coming off funny a little bit messy but I think it's not in vain he's not doing it to be mean and that's what I like about him and how he's coming off what about you honestly pretty much the same damn thing and I felt a little bit bad (laughs) um as I was watching the episode because part of me was like oh no not my fave like Miss Mamas this don't look too good for you because <laughs> I just feel like um it's such a contrast from what I thought last week granted last week I was like mm. um and last week I was more so like oh Dennis and his and Miss Gina I really don't like Miss Gina but Dennis and Miss Gina just doing too much um, and like you said, he can be messy and he does do too much sometimes. But like you said, I don't think it's in vain. And he is honestly coming off really, really well. If his timelines are correct and what he's saying is true regarding timelines and stuff, it obviously doesn't look too good for our faith. And I think even in my notes, I had written that um, I really feel like Pusha isn't over Dennis. And I think it shows in how much time and attention she gives him. Um, all the things that he says, even like you said, that remark as we're leaving the restaurant. And she, she specifically called him, oh, you're so corny. Oh, so now you're trying to pull up naked pics while I'm right here. 
it's the way that the, the camera even caught her like peeking over at the phone it's not like he just came and waved the phone like this in her face she she definitely looked over her shoulder <laughs> um granted it also does say a lot about dennis as well because it's like you're you're opening this right now so but <laughs> um at the end of the day even with the little the way she blushes and i think there's a time she admitted it when she was coming from the restaurant and she was speaking to simon in the car and she was saying i think on both sides um you know there's a lot that needs to be done like she could admit that you know what maybe it isn't just about me not wanting him to bring a, a random baby I actually I'm not truly ready to see him with someone else which obviously would then maybe not look the best like as much as you can appreciate the honesty it then does break the question that maybe it is a little bit too soon for you to get married if you very clearly aren't entirely over the situation or you're not in the mind space or emotional space where you're ready to see this person or somebody else um so there was that and I think yeah like you said main headliners for me personally I I also don't feel it's over and I don't think we're all mad because all of us saw it <laughs> all of us can see that Portia some people are even saying you know abundantly that like listen or making it abundantly clear that they thought that she's 100% gonna go back and I don't blame them because judging by the way it looks you know but I think the other thing as well about Dennis what I still do kind of hold on to a little bit from what I said last week is at some time at some points it does just kind of give off a sense of entitlement where I do know where in some cases some men do have that well if you're my baby moms they kind of feel like they have some sort of entitlement to someone because you can hear it in the things he says even like when he speaks of these supposed dates, it's almost as though it's just to make Porsche feel away. It's not even that he necessarily really, really wants to bring a date. And it's kind of like he's focusing more on the principle rather than the desire because these same dates that you're complaining that you're not allowed to bring. If Porsche said, forget this, I'm leaving Simon now, let's try and make this work. Are you not going to go to her right now? So I don't think you necessarily care that much about, you know what I mean? I think it's more now an ego thing. Um, and the fact that he continues to heavily focus on the fact that she was just asking me to do better. And now, da 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 And I think also with Portia, there's something she said that she had said to Dennis that if he bought the ring back at Christmas, she would have been throwing everything out the window and would have been like, okay, let's give it another shot. Christmas was the other day compared to when she finally got with Simon. So <laughs> for it to go from Christmas to Simon by Valentine's Day, Sissy, it's not looking great. Oh, it was... Was it my Valentine's Day? A little bit after Valentine's Day. It was after Valentine's Day. It was like, it was March, April. It was March, it was, when's Mother's Day? American Mother's Day. I don't know if it's, I American feel like Mother's it's April, May. It's May. But she was yeah. looking from before. And she had been in for like a month plus. April. Uh, April. April. Listen, we're not about to work out timelines on this show. Okay, fine. That's what we're not finna do. My, my sister Pee-wee is innocent. Fan was out there making babies with that man. No, no, and you know what's crazy, guys? You know Simon tried to tell tell the people. He tried to tell you. And when somebody did the math on Twitter that day, what day she's given birth, what she was pregnant from. So from because they Simon was the one who was pregnant from around February, actually. I, I wish they did the math on the show as well. Because if Fallon is giving birth in November, I mean I don't know if the baby's full term or what. My mom assumed that the baby's full term. November, November is the 11th month, minus nine months, 
that takes us to February. And we know pregnancies are basically 10 months. Yeah, so 14 weeks in January, basically. It throws our asses into January. And even then, don't forget, there's that period where it's, you don't even know you're pregnant yourself. So honestly, it's pretty early into January. And mind you, Simon and Fallon only ended their marriage, decided to end their marriage late, um, late January. Actually, I want to say honestly, early February, because late January, they were on a private jet together on holiday. So all this postures are home, right? Kind of stuff. People are really trying to send that narrative somewhere, but really you need to focus 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 Focus, but i'm but let's focus (laughs) no i think but that's one thing i actually do um i have to rate about Portia. i feel like i think she's made a conscious decision to not mention not bring in not say anything bad about fallon and i'm here for it she's been like this from the beginning Fallon went on her Portia this Portia that Portia 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 and she had kenya and um, Marlo twirling in her comments too, and Portia said, "I'm I'm not the same, be- the same people who've now fallen out." Yeah, same people. Kenya and Marlo. Same same people, which yeah, actually is funny because I don't know who Marlo's gonna be mates with now. She uh, had this bus 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 vim, and I was like, "No, can never win when you play dirty." And, and I said to you guys last season when we were watching after this was on Twitter, Kenya Moore is just not the hill you want to die on. And I don't know when these people Never. Never. Real house. Even when we go to Ghost Trip. How far have you gotten with Ghost Trip? I'm on episode four. I hope Cynthia is shining her eye. I have. If she has it, I have. And apparently, I, I saw somewhere where apparently it was on Twitter on one of these Bravo accounts. They were saying that um, Cynthia was saying how it's from the show, the friendship hasn't been the same. And I'm like, finally, you've shined your eye because. Mm, but we'll get to Girls Trip in a second, Ultimate Girls Trip in a second. But I just feel like people need to understand Kenya Moore is not the hell you want to die on. And the girls need to wake up. And when Portia was even saying, oh, Mona tried to be like, oh, it's just because I'm friends with Kenya now. And she was twirling for finding the comments. Now, what will they say? Because they were calling um, Portia all sorts of hoes, um, homewrecker, man stealer, this, that, and the third. Your friend Fallon, who was crying for you guys got pregnant for this man before she was done with Simon. Now she's even engaged also saying the love of her life, but this man gave her a baby <laughs> before she left Simon. You guys calling her a hoe? I don't think so. Yeah, the real hoe, please stand up. <laughs> well, for real, but honestly, like I said, all this is to say, I'm happy that she's obviously not making any mention to Fallon. Um, even the timeline thing, like you said, I think you can see that they are trying to kind of skip past it. You can see how, and I don't blame her. I don't want to lie. Like, I don't blame her. Like, anyone already knows the situation is tight, is tense. You already know everyone and their mama is trying to say something or is going to have something to say. And for someone who obviously just wants to move on with their relationship with this new person that they found, you just really don't want to revel in the fact of the timelines and how's it going to look because you already know. Like, we're not stupid, we're not babies. We know how it looks, and I can see that she probably is trying to find a way to um, avoid focusing on timelines too much. Um, what do you think about the family situation, as in Miss Gina and feeling like grandma's being disrespectful? And Miss Gina also. <laughs> her, when I saw her confessional, I knew she had, she did not come to play. I knew that this lady is a woman on a mission, and she said, "You're not about to talk crazy about my son." 
not about my son. You can talk crazy about her son. Like, even the, honestly, I don't think the comment Portia's grandmother made was that crazy. It wasn't. All she said was, my son liked women too. No, you can't say that. You can't just say that. Um, from what I hear, you, you, you was cheating too. So, like, now you're going to slander Portia's character in the name of defending your son. I don't, and even when she was asked about the receipts about cheating, all she said was your relationship with a man. Like, <laughs> she never said you sexed anybody, you what, what, what. Her son was out there sexing people. And doing and there's proof. Doing I mean, bestiality. Because Dennis, Dennis, Dennis even said, you still mad about that? <laughs> Dennis makes me, like, I think Dennis is that guy you like, but you hate that you like him. You hate how much you like, because even Portia sometimes, you can see when she loves, she's like, like he's just you can see it's annoying to love him because this guy will get under your tits your breasts your everything and i feel it for Portia. i mean i like the guy but i feel it for Portia as well that yo this guy is annoying like he really and he knows he knows how to dance on your literal last nerve and make you feel he knows he knows how to press your buttons but, you know, that's that's love to some extent. I think maybe things with Simon are going to be much more calm. It's just going to be chilled. But um, with Dennis, Dennis, I don't know. I don't want to like Dennis like this. Anyway, back to you. I don't want to like Dennis like this. No, the thing is, I, I, I feel the same way. Like, he comes off really, really well on the show. And you do find yourself, like, not me liking Dennis. <laughs> Um, in these moments, you're like, uh, I, I know it ain't me smiling at the TV screen at something Dennis just did or said. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, Miss Gina is, Dennis does no wrong in that lady's eyes. Like, there was, there's never been a point she came on Real Half Size of Atlanta that she was telling Dennis, Dennis, you know, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe this, it's always like, but these damn people, Oh, how did, from the first time it was how do you know she doesn't want your hot dog money? Okay, so do you guys have a prenup? Like, put it in this lady's head. Her son is basically Bill Gates, and these people want you for your money. Or this this lady, this girl here wants you for your money. There's nothing, Dennis, because even like you said, for her to say, well, from what I hear, you were cheating too. That's but I have you said anything to Dennis? No, you haven't. Like. That's not the case. And you're still talking about how you're sleeping with somebody else's man. Well, this man is still married. And then for you to pattern me. G check your son. Don't pattern me. My mom's got me. My mom has got me. My family's got me. My grandma's on my ass. This person's on my ass. And they're checking me and have done so accordingly. You're focused on the wrong things and the wrong person. <laughs> That's the problem. That's really the problem. And I think some something that some moms because we've seen it from some women who are like that we just feel like their sons can't do any wrong you know it's the misogyny it's the patriarchy whatever but like i don't think she realizes like in being dennis's defense force it's not necessarily the thing that's gonna necessarily want to make somebody go back to them because at the end of the day dennis still wants Portia, but the way you're treating her the way you're saying or speaking to her and the way you're speaking to her family it's not even going to make an environment that's really conducive for people to get back together in a healthy way and I don't think she's even stopped to think about that. She's just so focused on defending her son's honor, <laughs> defending his name. That's all I need to care about. Crazy. And that's sad. It's really sad. 
because he'll never be someone who's able to be held accountable because he'll know that his mother's only gonna co-sign his bullshit mm-hmm. uh, but aside from that i think another thing i like that the show is doing i said in episode one and i think they kept with it in episode two we got introduced to a few more relatives and even the relatives were introduced in episode one we didn't see them very much so it was a new set of relatives They're like oh okay Portia's cousin, Portia's grandma, and um, Dennis's mom. I think I don't know if everybody's going to get their own episode, but I think it helps you from being overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and you can kind of just watch the show, chill. You don't even have to remember who these people are, but you're like, you, you, it's easy to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, what else happened in this episode? That was pretty much it. At the end of the day, Honestly, I, was- I do, I do think, um. I will say I'll give it up to Simon. Simon is very mature. And I can't tell if it's because been married four t- three times. Of no, course. No, this is literally <laughs> I don't know if this is because it's like his first, second, or third rodeo. I don't know if it's because of his age. I don't know if maybe because even as much as he likes Portia or seemingly so, he's so like he is who Zen Wen thinks she was. Like he don't is so He's so calm and so chill. He barely reacts. He's just like, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And even when Portia was saying the things that Dennis was saying from the dinner, he even defended Dennis and was like, you know what? I don't necessarily think this would be easy for anyone because given the time, da, 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 da. And I just didn't, not that I didn't expect that of him. I just don't think that's something you would probably see a lot from. Black men. Black men. Um, yeah. I, 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 that was just like, hmm. But he has the prize. It's easy to talk when you know you have the prize and you don't feel like there's any threat of you losing the prize. Um, Dennis had his chance and he squandered it. Um, Simon has his chance and he's going to, I'm sure he's going to do everything he can, you know, above hell, you know, move hell and earth in order to ensure that, actually, I think it's heaven and earth. But anyway. <laughs> I correct myself, move heaven and earth to ensure that he stays with his woman and he's not going to make the same mistakes that um, Simon, that Dennis did, sorry. That's true, I agree. I would, it would be interesting to see um, what happens next. Um, and I think the challenge as well is probably for them, the people who filmed this, given how long ago it was, I guess not showing much now in real time because they've long filmed, they've long finished filming. So um, I wonder what it's like in real time now. Do you know what I mean? Like every time I'm watching the show, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this is still the same now. Is Miss Gina still wilding? Um, what are the dynamics now between Portia and Dennis? Um, that kind of thing. But yeah, I really like the show. I like, I agree that I like the fact that it's not so overwhelming um in the sense that like you said the characters are being introduced bit by bit and even like you said if you don't remember them it doesn't take away from the storyline um like I said I, I I wonder what the real time versus what's on the show will be like at the end I do hope that maybe by episode three or four it starts to pick up like I don't want it to just be calm and really chill good vibes throughout um, but it obviously still makes sense that you can't jump into chaos in the first two episodes. That would be a bit too manic. So yeah. I'm hoping episode three, four, five. But I also understand that because this isn't like of a new friend, like it's a short series. I've noticed that a lot of the spin-off shows, they don't have that many episodes anyway. So I wonder what the turnaround point will be. I wonder how they'll mesh it all. 
into fit maybe the six or eight episodes if they decide that that's going to be the cap i just mm. it, it makes sense but i'm sure it'll be fine yeah um i think i'm getting the sense that so next next episode is mexico that, that was he's just so funny um next episode is mexico and then I think the fight probably, whatever fight, I'm still curious who is fighting if it's all Portia's family. Um, I think that's episode four. So I think we're in for, I think it's going to be more of a slow burn as opposed to it being like a full, you know, every episode something happens. I think it's just going to be fun. It's fun, you know, fun watching. Um, the other thing I was catching up on was, I was my girl's trip. Yay! Yes. How far are you now? I'm on episode four, I think. Yeah. What I really, really like about the show is the fact that it really seems unscripted. And I'm really enjoying like these live reactions and like these people. I guess it's also comes, it comes so <laughs> <laughs> I think it also comes with the fact that obviously these aren't, these people aren't from the same cast and also it's being filmed in such a short space of time like it's what over a 10 day trip or something or a week long trip or something so it's not the same as it being filmed over different seasons and people can talk in between and different opinions can change and different events can occur that change the dynamics um, everything is really fast paced and I feel like that does create an environment where these women are being as authentic as they can I mean Maybe not their true real selves because, like we were saying earlier on, not last week, maybe the week before, that um, pardon me, when you aren't with your original castmates, you obviously can't be the same. You're not with the original castmates. Um, you're not, and you're, you're not back in Atlanta, which is something because when I was watching episode two, which is when I feel like obviously this is when everything started going left for Kenya and Cynthia, um. And I think when it was Cynthia's Bailey Q, right, and the whole thing that happened with Kenya coming in late and the game and stuff, it was interesting because I understood both sides. I understood why um, Cynthia would have been a bit like shocked that her best friend isn't really backing her and is all of a sudden now acting like, oh, I will never be like those people. And I was like, girl. And do you know what's actually funny about that? Mm-hmm. How Cynthia how um Kenya felt actually wait who felt it first how Cynthia felt first felt that Kenya didn't have her back regarding the game the shady game they played and then have you gotten to the thing with Ramona on the boat Ramona on the boat with what though with Kenya no okay there's an incident that happens and Kenya feels Cynthia doesn't have her back and I'm there thinking You've been going around telling these people that, oh, Cynthia's jealous that I'm getting along with you guys and she's not. That's an op. That is not your friend, Cynthia. Um, That's an op. That's an op. And I think, like you said, how funny is it that she was making it seem like, come on, we're not children. I can get along with these people. You're getting along with, you know, Teresa and this person and that person. So why should it be an issue? Like, I don't care. And you didn't really back her. And she was here saying, this is in Atlanta. These women, if they don't feel comfortable, you have to adjust. Where's your adjustment, Kenya? <laughs> Where? And now, today, now, because it's- What you- have you adjusted, Kenya? Like, <laughs> and now, because it's you, well, now that the shoe's on the other foot, now you feel like, Cynthia, she back you. All of that stuff you're saying about it being 
um, a different place. It's not Atlanta. These girls aren't used to it. You have to adjust. You've not thrown out the window. It doesn't make sense to me. And I think as much as I, I can, a tiny part of me could get where Kenya was coming from. Like, okay, for these women, maybe they might feel like this is a lot, this is overwhelming. You simply could have pulled Cynthia to the side and be like, hey, now friend, obviously, you know, we normally do this in Atlanta. We normally do this, but these women are different. Maybe let's turn it down. Let's change the questions. Let's maybe, maybe try to play something else. No shade to you. Like, you know, I've played this game. I love this game. We play with our girls all the time, but mm, this crowd is a bit different, which is something we also from episode one that, okay, the Atlanta girls are obviously going to have to tone themselves down significantly, unfortunately, because of the people that they've been paired with. It was, it was bound to happen, but I think Kenya now saying it in her confessional and then in the moment acting like Cynthia's the crazy one or oh, what, what, yeah, mm, I agree. Yeah, it's not a nice game. You didn't even say, you know what, girls, we usually play this in Atlanta, but you know what, fine. Maybe we can change it just because you guys are uncomfortable. Don't make it seem like you're above this game as if you haven't been playing it, as if you haven't been fueling a lot of the shit from Atlanta and all of a sudden you're classy girl if you don't get the hell out you do not get the hell out this is what pisses me stuff like this is what pisses me off about kenya why (laughs) can't you just be a normal person man just be normal just say you know what guys um i don't think you are like the type of women to play this and that's cool but in atlanta we are and like and we know it's not personal like we're not doing it to be mean we're literally just doing it to be funny like they'll be saying thirstiest they'll be saying who's the thirstiest all kinds of stuff and nobody takes offense to it you know kenya is insane and i think this even goes back to the bolo thing because remember when kenya went on and on and on about bolo and she was acting like she's above it and i don't know if she just hadn't seen the final edit of the season because kenya you got drunk in your dirty dancing and spread your legs wide on the floor i think what was hilarious was luan asking about bolo <laughs> i don't know why it was so funny oh, so that you guys got again what was he called um, but like and she was asking you know it was so big and she'll talk about the, 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 the cantaloupe the cantaloupe that it just and ramona's there holier than that i just that's what i watched the show for to see you know the sex positivity of like maybe atlanta versus new york where it's like oh no we don't talk about it. honestly even um Beverly Hills, like, I don't think they're very, you know, they're not very, they're quite, you know, I'm like, they don't really do much. Yeah. They don't really give much, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was quite interesting to see. But yeah, Kenya just does not own up to her shit and how she terrorized. Like, it was all, all fun and, oh, boasting, boasting, as if you did not terrorize Portia the rest of the season since it happened literally you terrorized girl yo and i um there was a time i think it was when the season was still airing and um one of my friends tracy was like oh but i do get what kenya means that if somebody if she had been in Porsche's position people wouldn't have let it go and i was like i honestly don't like as much as people get onto kenya and don't like her i just don't think it would have dragged out for like another six episodes like (laughs) For it to have been a thing for as long as it was, for the fact that after filming, she was still talking about it, for the fact that after the reunion, she was still talking about it. Like the, like you said, we were always laughing about it. It was really Portia, Portia, Portia. Like Portia became this woman's storyline. If it wasn't Mark, it was Portia. Um, and I do think, <sighs> I just want 
I want there to be a time where we maybe may not like Kenya, but we're not so like, you're not boring me. Like now it's just like, girl, if you don't shut the hell up, if you don't get up off my screen. Okay. You, look, you look at the camera and go, shift, shift, shift. Because, oh, she's so And her high, holy, higher, holier than thou attitude just, oh. No, it's unbearable. And I think- I disagree. If the foot was on the other, whatever, I have always said, Portia would have just called Kenya a hoe or said, like, she would have done maybe a face in her confession and go, hmm. And then she would have moved on. Portia is not, guys, Portia is not as obsessed I, with Kenya. Portia doesn't care. Kenya is it's obsessed with about It's people, not that. It's not. Like, you know what? We don't like each other. Fine. Let me go on about my business. <laughs> And let's move on. Like you said, even this past season, you're never seeing Nabolo. Like you said, in Pusha's confessionals, Pusha will pull a little face, say a little shady comment, keep pushing. That's it. Maybe at the reunion, she might throw a little different. After that, she even said like, nothing. Like, like she, she would not be, generally, if anyone was going to be up in a tizzy, it would have been Marlo. Like Marlo, I will honestly say, Marlo probably would have reacted like that regardless of who it was. Who was I, like Marlo's just bad vibes like that. Like Marlo, it could have been Nini. Marlo would have said something like, Marlo's just bad vibes, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, I just thought, is it because it's Portia that you're now, you're now, hey, hey. Of course. And I think even um, Kenya's attitude towards Ramona, Ramona is insufferable and she's unbearable. But I don't think... You see how Ramona has this main character syndrome that is literally next to none. Like, when I say unmatched, Guru Luan is talking about her situation with Tom and she's going downstairs and saying, you triggered me. Then once the person is talking about this, Ramona is coming and saying, me too. Like, all these little things. Um, and I think that it's quite interesting that Kenya is so quick to point out how pe- terrible it is. But when it's her own show... She just can't seem to see that she does the same thing. It's literally only because Ramona is worse than her that Kenya is this outraged. And I'm like, so when you do it, is it that you don't see it or you just, you're doing it on purpose? Because clearly you're able to detect when someone has main character syndrome and makes everything about them and they're nasty and they're bad vibes and they're selfish. Why is it that you don't see when you do it? Like what's so different about the circumstances? And I think... Um, I really wish you'd watch episode five because episode five is where the meat, you know, the ox, you know, an oxtail where the meat is. Um, but yeah, I wish you'd watch episode five because there was somewhere we wanted to discuss. But um, yeah, like I don't think Kenya is coming off very well. Cynthia isn't either. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Cynthia is coming off very well. I can see why a lot of people who don't watch Atlanta are probably thinking, mm, Cynthia is not a good person. She's mean, she's this. And also how the game, the fallout of the game. And Cynthia kind of did seem childish in that she just was mad at Kyle. She wasn't saying anything. It's like, if you're mad, say something. Like, I'm not saying confront her and slap her upside the head, but you could also voice your, cons- <laughs> excuse me, voice your concern and say, you know what, friend, you kind of did me dirty there and I didn't like it. Because um, Kyle's excuse that playing the game with kids is wrong was bullshit, in my opinion. Honestly. Having four daughters, I mean, obviously, I guess they do. You do probably get a lot of, 
oh, she's so pretty, she's so pretty. But if you are instilling the right amount of confidence and helping these people be confident, I don't think it should then spill over into you not being able to say someone is the prettiest of the group. But this is what, which harkens to what I say when I say Kyle is so scared of Black Twitter. Kyle, yo, guys, Kyle is so scared of Black Twitter. And I think, I don't know if she's going to pick a White Housewife. I don't really care if she's going to pick a White Housewife. But I think she just does not want Black Twitter to have anything to say. And I don't know, maybe she would have picked a White Housewife and I, we, she thinks someone on Black Twitter would have said, oh, I shouldn't pick none of the Black <laughs> Like, we really wouldn't have cared because I'm sure someone, Teresa would have, someone would have said a Black person. It wasn't going to be that all these women are going to see white people and then we're going to go, Mm-mm. but I think, I don't know. I don't get Kyle's apprehension. It's weird. Get over it, sis. No, she's definitely scared. And I think even in, in like in as much as there was the possibility of people being like, because mm, I think it was even when Ramona said Trey's bum was nice. I did see a tweet like, ah, is it that? You know, like, not that Trey's bum is not nice, but like, in that whole class, you would pick Teresa. But even then, no one was pressed enough to the point where it's like, how dare you? How could you be that? If anything, everyone was just like, oof, okay, whatever. Moving on, it's really not that serious. And I agree. I think Kyle has this, this abs- not absurd, but like, it's, it's a next level fear of what people are going to say about it, especially the Black demographic, because even going back to her and Cynthia's, um, well, Cynthia being upset at her, I do agree that Cynthia was being very childish. Like, she looked pissed, not even just, oh, small, small, irritated, like she was fuming. Even the look in Cynthia's eyes, that lady was big mad. Like, she was pissed off, which obviously would have been, like, one of those situations where it's like, Miss Mamas is really not that serious, that they don't want to play your game. Um, but, like, I forgot who said, it might have been Melissa, that she seemed like she was pissed from before, which she was. I think the Kenya thing coming in late and then Kenya obviously being Kenya and just going to get herself a plate, not even saying anything. Even this whole, my blood sugar was low. You really could have been like, guys, I'm so sorry I'm late, but my blood sugar is low. Is it okay if I go get a plate? Like maybe we can start eating now. We even had that conversation with Cynthia. Don't just go and do what you want to do anyhow. And then you're confused at why somebody might feel a way about it. Um, and I feel like even when Cynthia was trying to explain to her, she didn't get it. But at the same time, when Kenneth was trying to explain to her, Cynthia wasn't like, she wasn't admitting to the fact that you were pissed. Like she was trying to make it seem like, no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, no, no, I wouldn't know. And it was like, like you said, it did come across really childish. Um, but yeah, Kyle was still very much like, even after Cynthia said it's fine. And I get that even after Cynthia said it's fine, you could still see that she was upset. I don't think you had to keep going on and on and on and on and on and on and on about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, for it to be a Cynthia looks mad at me. You think Cynthia's mad at me? Then the next morning, Cynthia, I hope you're not mad at me. Like, girl. <laughs> and that's why I really feel like, like you said, she was really concerned about how she's coming off and how the other black people are going to feel like, oh, not her tussling with our Cynthia. How dare you? Um, so I actually wonder what it's going to be like in episode five and moving forward because I'm like, and that's one person I also feel like we're not getting the real her at all. That's, I was saying that I think that's one person who's really tailored herself to how am I going to look? What are the people going to think about me? How am I coming across? And unfortunately, that's one person I really feel like we are not getting the real version of. I mean, she's managed to open up, obviously, about her body image issues and stuff. But I feel like that's about it. Everything else, she's like really moving in fear 
or everything is super calculated or almost robotic where it's like i don't want to step on anyone's toes i don't want to get into anything with anyone i don't want nothing good vibes let's get this trip done and be out like but that's not the point of housewives boo no it's not it's not and maybe with her franchise because i don't watch it maybe she's able to be more herself with those people because it's an all-white cast or whatever the case may be but not you forgetting garcelle oh dang i forgot garcelle <laughs> but still and even then if we're honest the way garcelle acts is not the same way the atlanta cast acts so i don't feel like she poses a threat what do you mean by that what do you you know what i mean by that i i said this to you guys so many times before garcelle I feel like has even in the clips that I've seen of her on this on that show, has I don't know because I, let me not speak like I know this woman from Adam, but the way she presents herself is almost as though she really tries to water down her blackness to lessen the number or the amount of microaggressions she gets because of how often she gets them. So I can't even say Garcelle is fully being herself because I think she also not operates in a place where you don't want to keep getting these microaggressions or you don't want to keep getting into these conversations like ugh. I may have to end up being the spokesperson, spokesperson for Black people on this cast, whilst my feelings are probably also being hurt, or this is my life, and I'm having to be the mascot, or I don't know what she's feeling, but that being said, because she navigates her life in a certain way, I don't feel like she would pose the same threat to Kyle, that maybe Nini, Cynthia, Kenya, Portia, Candy would pose to Kyle. Kyle will see those ladies and weep him. She want no beef. She want no issues. She want no problems. That's crazy. That considering the people she got, she could have gotten worse people. She could have gotten, like you said, a Sheree. She could have gotten a Nini, a Giselle. Can you imagine in front of someone who actually sometimes pushes, stokes the fires of beef, or someone who, you know, ra ta ta ta, who tussles? No, honestly. <laughs> That's why I um, remember when we were saying how it's funny how they're so shook of what Kenya had said and she hadn't even said anything. Imagine them getting the peak of Candice's mouth. Top floor. Candice Alley, hot, ready to go. And you know, eh, you know when she's ready to swing. Yeah, I was watching, um, I don't know if you ended up watching the, the Revealed Secrets episode and Chris was, it, it, it was a scene where Candice and Chris are going to a double date like with Oscar and Dre. And Chris was even saying to Oscar Andre, he was like, the thing about Candace is once she's hurt, she takes it too far. And the specific example he gave, he was like, you could probably say something like, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but something like, oh, you're ugly. And Candace would literally be like, I hope you get gonorrhea and fucking die. Like he explained it so perfectly that when once this woman feels hurt, the things are not on the same level. You've told her, Candace, your shoes are ugly as well. I hope you trip and fall and die. Like it's not, Bitch, while well, your jumper is ugly. Nope, it, it's never on the same level. And that's why, can you imagine if they had to witness Candace in beast mode? Yeah, I think that was why when we did the our own version of the cast, why I definitely had to have Candace. Because you think Candace, I know she's not dumb enough to argue with Nini, but I think she'd say, I think Nini could say something that would rattle Candace and Candace would have to balance between am I trying to get my ass beat? Am I just trying to defend myself mm. verbally? Mm-mm-mm. But it would be interesting to see her navigate that way. I'm not saying the threat of physical assault. 
should always be in the back of Candace's mind. But I do think it would be interesting to see Candace trying to bring her own personality down and her own, the reaction that comes naturally to her to bring that down. I agree. Because I don't think anyone Potomac, this, this goes the same thing, because I'm saying in terms of, I think sometimes the reaction is always obviously fueled by who you feel poses a threat. No one on the Potomac cast, in my opinion, would ever pose a threat to Candace that would match maybe her being on the same cast as Mimi or a Marlo or a Phaedra. It's not the same thing. It is not the same thing. Levels don't change. Even Karen at her peak, even Giselle as she pokes the fire, all those things, I just don't simply believe that Candace would be as shook of Giselle and Karen as she would be of like a Nini, um, a Phaedra, a Marlo. Mm-mm. And yeah, like you said, it would be interesting. Marlo, Marlo Hampton, she would literally have to like, like you said, she probably have to bite her tongue and have that moment where she's like, am I going to defend myself or how low am I going to go? Because like we, we've always said, Marlo's another one who takes things to hell with no remorse. And her remorse maybe will come later on where she's like, all right, fine, I shouldn't have said that. But I did think it was ugly though. But like- And her apology it will be so half-assed. You'd honestly tell her to keep it. Marlo, I, um, but yeah, so far, so good in terms of um, Ultimate Ghost Trip. Um, I'm going to definitely watch like five and, and catch up on, on the rest um, tomorrow because I want to see what happens. I really, really like it though. And now I'm actually, let me even ask you this. Do you think that the upcoming season or the second version of it will match this one or do you think it will be even better? I think it would be even better. First of all, you have the Shade Assassin, Phaedra. Um, and though I don't watch, um, what's it called? What's it called? New York. I know that Dorinda has a mouth on her. And once she gets to drinking, she will just say anything to any old body. Um, some of the other women, I'm not as familiar. Actually, Jill as well. Jill is from... The redhead one, she's from um, New York as well. Um, but I don't say I think it's gonna be fun. Brandy, Brandy from Beverly Hills, she was a mess. Um, Vicky, a mess. Tamara, a mess. Honestly, it's gonna be a mess. Only thing I regret, only person I regret being on there is Eva because why is she there? I want to know because Eva's never been interesting a day in her life on the history of being on Housewives. She just wouldn't cop to anything. And it's like, why are you on this show if you're going to say stuff about people? And then when you're asked, oh, did you say this about me? No, I never said that. No, I don't remember saying that. Everything is always, I don't recall. I don't remember. Oh, I didn't say that. I think she has energy for you at the reunion. Right. Okay. And and it's really like, it's so boring because it gives... You had, pardon me, you had time to rehearse your comebacks. You had time to rehearse, rehearse your comebacks. No, she did. Like, time to rehearse what she's going to say to who, if somebody says this to you. Remember that time we're saying how, with that Issa and Condola scene in Issa's head, where sometimes you have that brief moment where you're like, okay, if this person reacts or moves mad towards me, how am I going to react and what am I going to say? And I feel like Eva has that when it comes to reunions because the energy she always has in reunions n- never matches um the actual you know recording or what happens in the actual episodes even the, her energy in the confessionals it doesn't match then when it's reunion she comes out 
four swings. Like, wait, what? Because <laughs> this wasn't your energy. Throughout the whole thing, you're saying you don't recall. Now you're coming with all sorts of reads for each person and you're trying to be that girl. Mm-mm, it doesn't give anything. So yeah, I, I agree that mm, she's a bit like, mm, I wonder why you're there. But um, I think I like the, I love, I love the group dynamics. I love how every um woman on the cast is given night where you kind of are given your thing to do and it, it shows it shows what's interesting about each of the people and just gives you a little more insight into them and like you said by virtue of not being on home turf and not you know gonna get not going to get the good edit you're forced to 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 struggle to hustle for yourself and it's 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 refreshing to see Cynthia really does come off as an all-star on this show and you see why she was on Atlanta so long I wish her ass had showed up to work these past few months because then she wouldn't be in this position but because she decided to sleep at the wheel look now her ass fired but you know and when I saw the tweet I was like no you guys are not lying how has she had more energy in this than she did in her last two seasons why does she have more to give in Ultimate Girls Trip than the last two seasons on Atlanta? I want to just sit her down and ask her, but why? So what was the thought process behind that, Cynthia? Why? You were just gonna pull up to, you were just gonna pull up to, you know, filming, you know, eat your meal, go home to Mike. That's it. You weren't gonna say nothing. Talk about chill, the wedding. That's it. Huh? Talk about Indian Baha'i cheekbones over here. Good. Put Bailey at the end or beginning of an event, 50 uh, <laughs> something sent. It's like that thing you retweeted. Um, <laughs> when they said Cynthia thought she did something, I thought one Bailey cute. <laughs> but you know what? She's she for comedic value, she's necessary for comedic value. Oh, I, guys, if you have a minute, you just need to go through um, our Twitter account. Leo normally finds the funniest things ever. So if you want to share the jokes, laugh with us, don't forget to check out and follow our Twitter reality check pod. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-Y-C-H-K-P-O-D. And honestly, you will laugh so much. My goodness. Because housewives people are just so, I don't know how they think a lot of the things they think. It's crazy the things I'll find. And maybe it's because I follow so many of them on like, but I follow them from the account. I don't even think I follow them from the thingy. I just find these accounts and I'll find the most random account has been saying the funniest things about Phaedra or using like your new favorite reaction video. Loza. Loza. <laughs> <laughs> and how it's just, it's, it's so sweet to me. I love it. These are my people. I don't know if they know how much I like them, but I love them. <laughs> These are my people then. <laughs> no, honestly, it's it's all so funny. Um, no, I'm interested to wrap it up. Um, in a few days, I think maybe this time next week, we'll have Selling Tampa. Out. Oh, wait, it's coming out this month? Yeah, December. I think it's 14th or something. Ooh. So I'm going to need you to finish off Sunset so we can get to Tampa because that's looking a little juicy or whatever. Yeah, but they're not going to tussle like. Ugh. I mean, we don't need tussling all. No, no, there's, there was tussles. When I saw the trailer, there were tussles. It's just not physical. Well. Girl, please. You, you know I'm a fan of a little wig shift. 
Oh, not you. Not not you saying your father. This podcast does not advocate for violence. Okay? <laughs> but you better give that disclaimer. <laughs> this podcast does not condone violence. <laughs> I just mean, no, I don't like, I think. Uh, I don't like the only thing I don't like about testing is not because I think testing is a problem or I feel like it's beneath us. I hate the reaction and the perception that comes following tussling because it's never the same when it's done by an all black cast versus an all white cast like we're always saying the white franchises um or certain franchises within the bravo and peacock housewives franchises always get given a pass for throwing glasses throwing drinks you know getting in each other's faces nearly strangling each other mm-hmm. and it's not the same thing as when it's been Atlanta and Potomac, you know, um, right from some of the things that Andy Cohen has even said. So it just makes me feel like mm, I'm happy if we keep the testing to verbal and we're reading each other fulfilled in that way. Um, because unfortunately, those that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. And I feel like the, the, the world at large, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. I think that's all we have for you guys this week. As you know, it's the sick episode part two. (laughs) (laughs) I have to apologize for how I'm sounding today, guys. Um, As always, keep the conversation going at the Reality Check pod. That's R-E-A-L-I-T-Y-C-H-K-P-O-D. It's the same hashtag, both on Instagram and Twitter. Those are our username is the same. So just follow us up on there and see what we're up to. As Anissa said, I retweet funny stuff on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's it's so funny. Like, you know, we're not trying to do the whole, oh guys, follow us. Like, there's actually stuff there. You it's will laugh so hard. It's not just honestly, I try to get something out at least every day. And it's not just, oh, listen to the podcast follow us it's literally like i no longer use my own account to talk about how it swives i will literally that's my outlet like i will just retweet retweet comment said post my little kiss emoji when i found out the kenyan model weren't friends no more just do my little shady things there honestly and it's really it's really fun to do yeah no um so yeah be sure to do that guys but like you said that's it from us this week uh we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll speak to you guys soon bye bye